stop vilifying us for doing our job. That's part of a blistering letter sent this week to the Prime Minister from the Dean of the Faculty of Advocates in Scotland, the QC Roddy Dunlop. It follows Boris Johnson telling his virtual party conference that the law will be changed to prevent what he called lefty human rights lawyers and other do-gooders hamstringing the criminal justice system. Mr Dunlop's open letter is the latest intervention from Britain's top lawyers and judges, several warning that the government's populist rhetoric, as they call it, will undermine the rule of law. All of this is of a completely different magnitude to anything that we've seen before, as the legal commentator Joshua Rosenberg has been telling me. If you go back 20 or 30 years, you see government ministers who've lost cases in the courts being critical of the judges who've ruled against them. I can think of Michael Howard who did that, John Reid, David Blunkett. They're all people who have criticised courts. Now, what's unusual about the current situation is that the criticism coming from politicians is not relating to specific decisions that have gone against them. Let's start with Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, speaking to her party conference. She said, as for those defending the broken system, the traffickers, the do-gooders, the lefty lawyers, the Labour Party, they're defending the indefensible. Now, she was talking, I think, about immigration cases. But the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, went further. He talked about people who are hamstrunging the whole criminal justice system. He said he wanted to stop the whole criminal justice system from being hamstrung by what the Home Secretary would doubtless and rightly call the lefty human rights lawyers and the other do-gooders. Now, lawyers have uh, resented this. They say that they're working for uh, low pay. They are simply doing their job. Uh, they are not trying to undermine the criminal justice system or even the immigration system. And leaders of the bar, both in England, Wales and in Scotland, have called out the Prime Minister for attacking lawyers in this way. And Joshua goes even further than that in the sense that they feel this rhetoric, which they say is populist, that this rhetoric could actually undermine the rule of law in the country and is a threat to democracy, nothing less than that. That's a very serious concern. Now, anybody can say, well, it's not gone that far and there is still faith in democracy. But once you say that people can't be legally represented, well, then the whole system begins to fall apart. And don't forget, Boris Johnson himself, when he was targeted by a campaigner who took out a summons in a magistrate's court in London against him, the prime minister uh, instructed lawyers and uh, applied for judicial review of the magistrate's decision and got it overturned. And lawyers are needed to defend us all. And if you undermine them, say uh, senior judges, then it's a very damaging situation. Boris Johnson has ordered an independent investigation into how judicial review is working. So, Joshua, can you explain judicial review, the process of how it works and how Boris Johnson was stopped in his tracks? Judicial review is the name we give to the way in which the courts look at decisions taken by ministers and other people in authority, decision makers generally, and the courts decide whether they kept to the rules, whether they kept to the powers they were given by parliament or that are laid down in some other way by the courts. The courts don't try to take the decision on behalf of the decision maker. They simply check whether the decision maker has handled it properly. And in the first of the two cases uh, you mentioned, and they were both brought by Gina Miller, in the first one, which was the challenge to the power to trigger Brexit, what the court said was 
that the Prime Minister herself, Theresa May, didn't have the power to trigger Brexit using inherent powers, prerogative powers, common law powers, if you like. She needed an act of Parliament. She went to Parliament. She got the legislation. She triggered Brexit. In the second case where the Prime Minister Boris Johnson decided that he wanted Parliament to be prorogued, in other words, suspended for five weeks at a crucial time in the Brexit negotiations, uh, the court said, no, you don't have that power. You can't do that. Uh, and therefore, they overturned uh, his attempt to advise the Queen to prorogue Parliament. In both cases, the courts were shifting powers away from ministers and shifting powers back to Parliament. It wasn't a case of the courts deciding what should be done. It wasn't the courts deciding whether to trigger Brexit. It wasn't the courts deciding what should be decided by Parliament. It was the courts saying, no, these are powers that ministers can't exercise and these should be exercised by Parliament. Now, as you say, uh, the government in London has uh, ordered a review of judicial review. A former Conservative junior minister at the Ministry of Justice, Lord Folkes, has uh, gathered a team uh, of experts and they're looking at that and they will report by the end of the year. If you look at the questions that are being asked as part of their call for evidence, they do seem to point in one particular direction. They say, for example, has this changed over the past 40 years? Have the courts been more willing to intervene over the past 40 years? I think most people would say, yes, the courts have been more willing to intervene over the past 40 years. But the judges would say that is because ministers have been more active and the courts need to hold the balance. There's also a great deal of concern about what the government's intention is in terms of breaking the law or at least giving them the opportunity to do that if they choose to do so through the internal markets bill. So what's been the kind of legal response to that and the key concerns in that area that should concern us all? If you look at remarks made by Lord Newberger, a former president of the Supreme Court of the United Kingdom, he said uh, the other day, this country has had a remarkable unbroken history of 350 years of observing the rule of law and has an enviable reputation for that. And he says that one of the most important aspects of any democratic society is the right of individuals to go to court and challenge the government uh, when the government's done something wrong. That's what we were just talking about. That's judicial review. And he said, once you deprive individuals of the right to go to court to challenge the government, you're in a dictatorship. You're in a tyranny. Now, he was referring to specific clauses in the Internal Market Bill, which has been approved by the House of Commons but faces a rough ride in the House of Lords unless the government decides to drop them. Perhaps the negotiations with the EU will be successful and the clauses won't be needed. But these clauses try to not only give the power to ministers to break international law, but also try to take away the power to challenge uh, ministers if they do this, both in the courts of England and Wales, Northern Ireland and, of course, Scotland. Uh, and that's something that's caused a great deal of concern. Uh, many people think that this is an inappropriate power for ministers to take, even though there's no doubt that Parliament can grant it, and, and certainly an inappropriate power for, for ministers to use. And that's why people are concerned that the rule of law may be breaking down. That's the legal commentator, Joshua Rosenberg.